This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I'm super excited to dive deep with Annie Sanchez. She brings an aspect that we haven't really had represented on this podcast, so I'm so grateful that she was able and willing to share her wisdom and her experience and her journey with us. Annie guides and heals with ease as her compass. On a mission to cultivate ease on a cultural level, she helps people navigate big change while uncovering their magic the world so deeply needs. A heart-centered, process-oriented healer and guide to visionary leaders and magic makers, Annie is a gifted truth finder helping folks activate the change they deeply desire. Annie is the CEO of Mariposa Strategies, founder of the Women of Color Culture Club, creator of Clarity Pages, and host of the Courage, Culture, and Clarity podcast. Annie is from Tiwa Territory in New Mexico and comes from a lineage of business owners before entrepreneur was a word in our vocabulary. Her ancestors sowed the seeds for her to be and grow here. I can't wait to get to know you and see what magic you have to share with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So you've listened to some episodes, I think. You know I always pull a card. So today I pulled the storyteller card. It's absolutely beautiful. You get to see it. And I mean, it feels like you are sharing your story and the story of your ancestry and the story of your clients. So this feels really aligned to me. How does it feel to you? It literally just brought a tear to my eyes. Like I'm having a visceral reaction. (laughs) Well, like you can't even make it up. You can't even make it up. It is so deeply personally relevant in a way that's sort of taking my breath away, honestly. Hmm. Well, that's remarkable to witness and see your journey. So tell us about who you are and where you come from. I mean, you have so much to share. So I am, as you named, Annie Sanchez. I use she, her pronouns. I I come from... I come from a complicated lineage of both indigenous and colonial ancestors. Mm. And the lands that I live in, Tiwa lands here in New Mexico, I'm, I, I was born and raised here. My ancestors have been here for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I have lineage that goes down into Mexico, as far south as Oaxaca, lots of Northern Mexico connection. 
and Spanish connection from the Spaniards who came and conquered and murdered and took mm -hmm. lives and claimed land. And needless to say, that makes identity a complicated thing <laughs> and also um, sacred in a lot of ways um, really been over the I'm you know I'm in my I'm in my 40s and ab about I would say about 10 years ago it really started to come into focus for me the need to understand who I am because my family also has you know complicated heirlooms that have been passed down to us about who we are, mm -hmm. where power comes from, why we are the way we are. Um, and so that's, it's been a lot of a deeply personal journey to uncover, unearth, like, who, who am I? I am all of this. And I am also the magic that is me. Um, and so just trying to make sense of it all. I, I also am a as you mentioned, I'm very process-oriented. I am strategic as fuck. And so much of my life and work as an adult wow. has been anchored by the strategic, my, my strategery, sometimes as I say, in, in all aspects <laughs> of work. Like I used to have a nonprofit background. I used to do fundraising. I did a lot of grassroots organizing. Um, I'm a big um, advocate for for women's rights and reproductive justice. And so just all throughout my 20s and 30s, like really doing lots of volunteer work and fundraising work and grassroots work. And that kind of morphed into this strategic, I put, I say, I put quotes up, um, like strategic mind, strategic planning type, type way of thinking. And this, so this like morphed into this professional world where it was like boom, full force into strategic support for nonprofits and organizations. And later that became supporting entrepreneurs, fellow entrepreneurs strategically. And I love that. Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm all of that. And like a deeply, deeply heart centered, guided by spirit human. Like I am made of water. I am so watery in my thoughts but I'm also like, I need the strategic kind of anchors to feel like I'm not getting lost literally in the day to day. So it's like, how do, what does this all look like yeah. in real life? And so I'm like, um, today, Annie is, is a guide. I like, I don't like to use the word coach because it doesn't quite encompass what really goes down in my work. It's more guidance based. It's more spirit led than I've experienced with, you know, coaches in the past, not, it's not a knock on the coaching industry. It's just, it's very spirit led my work and my life, honestly. It's, it sounds so magical. Um, you just emit such a, an energy of literal magic. And I so appreciate the combination of strategy and spirit. And my notes say, um, you have a get shit, no, make shit happen set of strategies, a set of strengths, get shit done, make shit happen. It, it all gets us to the same place. But I love that. I love that combination of the practical because, hey, we're all living in this human incarnation and the spirit because we're really spiritual beings living in this human incarnation. 
Beautiful. Oh, so what kind of work do you do with clients? Like, What are some of the big changes that you help them to create? Oh, that's a good question. It's, so when I first started working with folks, I started my business in 2018. So I've been in business four years. And I, it really started very strategic planning angle. Like that was like working with organizations, doing some private coaching, strategic coaching, strategic thinking, strategic visioning with private clients and with, you know, organizations. And that side of me is very hungry. Like I like, I am, I like to, I, my, my brain, I now know it's like, I'm a dot connector. And I'm understanding on a on a on a spiritual level what that like literally looks like when it's at its best. And so in the old days, old days, four years ago, it's not that long ago. And it's but it's tied to the work I've been doing for like 10 years before. So lots of strategic dot connection. These days, <clears throat> I'm still doing that. However, it is like like I help people. Somebody told, I've had enough people tell me that I'm a healer that I'm like, this keeps coming up. Like I countless, I can't even count how many times at this point. I'm like, am I a healer? Can I even claim, I'm, am I, can I say that? I don't know if I can say that. I'm like a strategic planner. And it's like, no, yeah, okay. And I, so I've had people tell me that the things I've helped them to heal are like deep wounds around identity. Um, deep ancestral trauma um, that are tied to things like physical, the way that it's manifested physically in their bodies in, with pain or with an actual tangible, like in the moment, like financial trauma, um, which is where some of my more strategic kind of dot connection comes in, where it's like, I can see the connection between what people are saying what they're actually emitting in their body. And then I like to look, I, I call it like heart data. It's like a combination of hard and heart data. We're so coming from the nonprofit sector. There's, it's so dependent, devoted, like worships really qualitative and quantitative or more quantitative data. It's like hard data. We need the data. We need the data. We need the data. Right. And it's like, we're so data driven, this like dominant culture of data. If it doesn't, if we don't have a data point, then it doesn't count. It doesn't count until we can see how it's moved the needle, so to speak. <clears throat> and, and something that I've been doing from day one, and I didn't realize how it would help me to connect dots for people and ultimately lead them to a sense of, of ease and a sense of healing. Like this old thing that I've been carrying around, whether it's with my like a lot, I work with a lot of visionary leaders. People are doing like really important national and international work that impacts our social justice sector movements, that impacts like the lives, the actual like human lives of, of black folks, indigenous folks, people of color. They are literally doing work that directly impacts people's lives, like life or death shit. And they, as big visionary healers in their own right, also care. They're human. We're all human. And so it's like carrying a lot, you know, this all this baggage of whatever came before them with them into the in the to their current work, into their current lives, 
I like to look at their data, a combination of like their actual dreams. I like to understand what comes to people in their dreams. I like to understand what people are literally journaling about, like literally in their journals, like that is data. And looking at things like their actual like strengths finders, like from a more kind of like corporate um nonprofit sector kind of lens. It's like, what are your Clifton strengths? What are your Colby strengths? And how is this, like, if you're feeling like you're suffocating in your body because of the work you're doing is not aligned somehow, but you don't have words for it. It's like, what, what is, what is misaligned here? And then being able to layer on, I think of it as like the science books when we were in elementary where it's like, there's the bones and the veins and the skin, you like keep layering, layering. I, I'm not a professional astrologer, but I, I've, I've looked at hundreds and hundreds of charts and I really have had some profound healing moments in my life through professional reads. So I've been looking at, at um, astrological data and personality type data and like strengths data and then dream data and journaling data. And I've been, it's like, it's been a research project for, of mine for now the last number of years. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fascinating. And to see like this, I, I don't even have to know you. I can be looking at the data and, and make some very close prediction as to why something is not working for you. Not just, oh, my job sucks. I want to get a new job or, oh, I want to get a salary raise uh-huh. or, oh, I want to start a business, but like on a deep soul level why you don't feel like you're quite on path, even when on all accounts, it looks like you're doing important, powerful work. And not that people need to change their jobs, but people are like unlocking old trauma doors and like putting the balm on them that finally heals it. Uh Like old ancestral trauma comes forward and then it like heals. It's, 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 it's magical and it's still really kind of fresh, like me acknowledging this, this gift as a, you know, as a healer, whether I use it healing or strategic dot connection, or (laughs) there's something happens with people that are able to show up with me and be vulnerable and real, no matter how powerful they are in the public sphere. It's often people who feel like they have to protect their identity or their public role because they're seen as extraordinary leaders. Well, it really doesn't matter what you call it. It's the result and the process that are so powerful. That's right. That's right. And, and most of the people that I work with, like 80%, 90% of the folks that I work with identify as people of color, queer folks of color, non-binary folks of color, women of color, men of color, cisgendered, you know, people of color as well. It's like they identify as people of color, mixed race people of color. And I was having a conversation actually with somebody just yesterday who said they are a person of color and like first generation immigrant to the United States and the country that their family comes from, their parents were born and raised, has a lot of like volatile political like uprising happening in it presently. And they were telling me how like the older that they get, they're in their forties. Like, like I, it's, I I question more and more where 
this, this feeling of not belonging Mm. is coming from. And I, it's not to say that white folks don't feel that because everybody came from somewhere else. Right. But, and also there is something profoundly um, important and can be incredibly healing when we, as folks of color, start to understand that the trauma and the discomfort of not belonging in and of itself, whether it's at college, at your job, at the PTA, at the grocery store, or just simply like in your like neighborhood, there's something like what it's more, there's something here. What is this? And so be trying to make sense of it and how it all impacts literally just moving about our day-to-day lives can be so, I mean, healing is the word. Yeah. Um, And I honestly, I attribute this, like uh, this learning for me and my, as I continue to uncover what my strengths and gifts are to losing my mom, which was the most Mm -hmm. painful thing I've ever experienced. And That was eight years ago. She passed away in 2014. And actually my grandfather passed away. Then my mom died like two months later. And then my grandma, my maternal grandma died six months later. It was like 2014 (gasps) was the fucking worst. Oh my gosh. It was like, what even is this life? What is everything so stupid? And at my mom's life celebration, it was this big gathering. People flew in from all over the country. It was like super, it was a party. She said, like, I want you guys to have a big fucking party. And we did I at her favorite her place. Energy. Oh my God. <laughs> it was amazing. And it was so much fun. Like we danced our asses off. Everybody was super dressed up. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous location. Beautiful. And there were hundreds of people there. And my sister, who is not as um, outgoing, extroverted as I am was tending to her kids and like all of the people were coming to me like I can handle it I can receive their well wishes their condolences for all of us they, my mom knew I, I'm like that is my role and I and I take it I love it actually and so I had this line of people hundreds of people I'm not kidding it was two hours after the actual life celebration ceremony part ended and everybody was inside partying that I was still outside in the garden, receiving people's well wishes. It was like a hot summer day. I was like, oh my God. And this, <laughs> this couple came up to me and they were like, they were crying and he, the husband and wife, and it's, you know, it's giving me their condolences. The wife was mostly talking. That was that he's kind of like wild, curly haired. And like, I didn't really notice, like, I'd like acknowledge him like, oh yeah, oh, of course. Like I was able to put names to like, I'd heard my mom talk about them. Like an hour goes by, I finally get myself inside and I, somebody else is coming up to me. I'm standing in the dance area of like the ballroom and some, like there's people like waiting to talk to me to, that didn't get to outside. And I see somebody kind of hovering, waiting, waiting, waiting. And he finally, he approached me and like something like, I just like, I noticed that he wasn't quite regular. I was like, who is this man? Um, and he like, something was like going on with his eyes. I noticed they were like kind of fluttering and he wasn't, wasn't quite making eye contact with me. And he says, um, 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 
she, she, she said you would know, she said that she said, she said, and it was like kind of this like stumbling over their words. She said to come and talk to you. She said that you would know. She said that, she said that I could tell you anything. And as I just said it, I literally got goosebumps. I, Me we, too. <laughs> my mom and I used to always say to each other, you can tell me anything. And when my sister's kids were born and like they're now 10, 12 and 14, they like when they were young and my like cousin's little kids, she would tell them, and especially as she started to get sick in like 2012, 13, as the kids were starting to get older, she's always, my mom was always the person that anyone could literally tell anything to. Nothing was too much for her. She would started telling the kids who then were much younger, you have to know that you can tell Tia anything because she knew that she wasn't going to be here forever. And so that, that phrase, it's simple, but it was the thing that we would say to each other. And so this man is standing there and he's like, she, 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 she said, I could tell you anything. And there was a cadence. There was a way that he said it, that it was like the way that my mom would say it. Like you can tell Annie anything. And I was like, (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And anyway, the, the short of it is, is that he is one of my mom's friends and clients and a medium. And he, my mom used to, he used to tell my mom about his gift as a medium since that he had learned that he had when he was a young boy. Now he's like a man in his sixties. And my mom was always fascinated by his stories and would, she would often tell my sister, but I didn't, I think I had heard of him, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't remember. And I was like, and so we're standing there in this ballroom at my mom's celebration. And I'm like trying to like find my sister so that I'm not the only one receiving what he's saying. Cause I didn't want to like, I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm, so I'm, he's talking, but I don't even know what he's saying. And I'm like, in my mind, like, who is this person? How am I going to find him? I can't retain all this now. Who are you in my brain? And he's, and he's like, I am, you know, and he says his name and I'm like, he's like, and and then I, I'm like, how am I going to be able to find him? I need to be able to follow up on this. And he's like, oh, you can contact my wife. You have her name. Like, but not in like, a. it's like, he's answering my questions as I'm thinking them. And and we ended up having a, I ended up reaching out a couple months later, this is 2014. And we, and I asked if we could come to their home or if I could meet him. And again, and my sister and I, he's like, yes, yes, yes. There's, there's still a charge here. You can, yes, she wants you to come. And so we went to his house and in the mountains, north of Santa Fe. And it was this beautiful house in the, in the, in the like woods and we were sitting in his living room. It was the afternoon we got there and we ended up sitting there until it was completely dark outside. And we never turned lights on. Like all of us were just, the three of us were just sitting in the dark for, it must've been eight hours that we were getting, he was getting messages from my mom. Like she was literally just talking to us and sending us messages. And something that he told me then that continues, I'm like, God, I want like my, but the, my, my like earth moon and my strategic brain is like, I need to go back and like make sense of that. He was like, there was this like towards the end of our time that day, he was like, Annie, there's, there's something about, he's like, there, like something about this, like tube. he's like, it's like, if, if like there's a wire and you can peel apart the wire, but both sides of the wire stay intact. There's like a light white side and then there's like a darker black side and and over time 
the wire is going to peel and you're going to have to decide which which side you're going to go with and it neither is mm. right or wrong and i'm like ha i wish i could have recorded that call and i didn't even have a notebook and so i and i i often think about the the light and the dark and the diverging paths in my own life and in my own healing journey mm. and how that pertains to the work that i do with other humans and how i heal in my own family and how i can heal old wounds in my family how they can stop yeah. with me and um, yeah anyway it doesn't it doesn't feel like some people's perception of light being good dark being bad and he said either but but sometimes it's necessary to embrace your dark and embrace the dark to really to access what needs to be healed oh my gosh yes we don't know i th- i say this is written in so many journal pages and this i mean it's the we all know this and i know you know this as a as a gifted healer and speaker to the beyond like we can't know light without dark like right. we wouldn't the sun wouldn't be so brilliant if we didn't have the night to be like and the night is magic but yeah. we need sunlight like to grow, to be nourished, to, to heal. Yeah. To support the creation that we generate at night. Exactly. It's exactly. I'm getting goosebumps. I I, I was going to say, I've been covered in goosebumps for like the last 10 minutes or so. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You are so amazing. And this storyteller card could not be more accurate with with who you are. Um, Your soul has a beautiful remembrance of being a healer too. So as you're stepping into that and accepting that role in this incarnation, it's, it's actually helping to heal some of your ancestral stuff that hasn't come to the full front for healing yet. So beautiful journey you're on. Thank you. You know, I, 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 this year, 2022, I've been feeling it as though it's like the year, it's like a line in the sand. Like it is the point of no return, whatever happened before 2022. Like, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't, it can't, there's a lot of things that cannot continue to come forward, both in my personal life, in my business and collectively, like this world that we all live in. Yeah. And, you know, I'm living in Albuquerque right now and my, my husband and my cat and I, my partner, we, we just actually moved back. We had been living here and we left 13 months ago and we just returned not even two weeks ago. My house doesn't even have furniture in it. You probably hear the echo. (laughs) Um, because we, it was like, we were full-time traveling for 13 months and for six months of, of that time, winter and spring, winter of 2021, like December into May of this year, 2022, we were on the coast of Maine Mm. on these Wabanaki, coastal Wabanaki lands, the Wabanaki people. (sighs) Oh my God. It was like the most, I felt like I had been there before. I've never, it's even bringing tears to my eyes right now. I had never felt so deeply connected to a place 
and it could not be farther, literally geographically farther from right. my people's land. I'm like, there is no way my people have ever been here. It is. It took us 45 hours to drive there from New Mexico. It's so far. And it was like, there is, there is healing energy on these lands. Like, I feel like we're closer to the earth's crust here. There's something about this, these rocks on this coast and this water and the sky and the like neighborhood bald eagle and the foxes like running out the front door. Like there is something for me here that I am going to gain. And there are things that I am going to leave behind that will never be again. And so I, at the same time I had endeavored into, and I'm still engaged in it, um, a rest like a really devoted, intentional rest practice. And I have, I have a rest teacher, Octavia mm-hmm. Rahim, who is based in um, Atlanta. She, I was, I've been working with her and understanding rest at a, at a, at like a cellular level, like sleep is not rest. I now realize like we need sleep. We need to restore and replenish and things happen in our dreams that are necessary for us to move about our awake life. But there is something about rest in a in a like spiritual sacred way that literally unlocks the answers and the connections to the messages and our ancestors and our guides that we simply I simply cannot have not been able to access in meditation or in dream space. And so my I have had two particularly profound moments with my mom and my grandmother and my great grandmother uh-huh. who died in 1932, who I have this connection to, who showed up and like had her hands on my face while I was oh. in a rest state. This was just a few months ago. And I'm like, oh, like that is where I'm always trying to get back to because the answers are with our people, with our spirit guides, with the animals, with the earth, with the water, with the ether, that when we can slow the fuck down and quiet our brains and truly rest, even if it's like 10 minutes, there are just so many messages that are waiting to come. And now that I've experienced it, it's, I'm just, I'm like, that's all, I only want to live there. And so it's just, it's been an interesting journey. And this is all tied to my larger healing work and guide work and coaching work and strategic work. Right. I'm like, mm, yeah, you're changing the, this, the, the, the sector, the philanthropic sector, you're changing like racial justice, you're changing social justice movements in order to do it. Like you've got to be able to access that stillness, that calmness, that only true profound rest can provide. And that's so critical because we're all conditioned that rest isn't necessarily a good thing because there's shit that needs to get done. I love, love, love this. Can you come back another day and we talk more about rest? I would love to. I would love to. I would dare say that your your gift as a as a, as a, like being able to tap into the spirit realm and connect with your guides, I bet are the most juicy, juiciest when you are at your most rested. 
I bet. I would bet money on it. I'm sure they come in and bugging you and chatting you up all the time, but I'll bet you. Yeah. Be interesting. We should talk about that next time. (laughs) Yes. I'm totally going to pay attention to that between now and then. Well, Mm -hmm. this has been amazing. I could literally talk to you all day. I just love you. Um, But where can people find you and learn more about you? I am mildly active on social media at Mariposa Strategies, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, My website, the best place to find, like the URL that I use that gets people to where they need to be is clarityisthegoal.com, which is connects to my podcast. It connects to my client work. Mariposa Strategies is the business. Clarityisthegoal.com will get you there. And my podcast, Courage, Culture, and Clarity, is on all the platforms. We will include those links in the show notes for everyone to find you easily. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful to have spent this time with you. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for inviting me. It was, yeah, you helped me to remember and tap into story in ways that I didn't expect. So thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. See you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 